0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to the post20 podcast. This is your first time. My name is Evan. I'm joined as always by my faithful co-host Matt. How are we doing this week, Matt?
1: What's going on, everybody. Um, I felt like we just recorded the last episode yesterday. It feels like kind of
0: yeah, this week uh, kind of flew by.
1: <laughs> yeah, easy day at work, chilling. Uh, I feel like the the winds are getting even colder and harsher over on the islands carrying the mail. Yeah. I can feel that shit deep in my loins.
0: Oh, dude, it's going like right through my clothing. I, I was walking my dog today. I- I'm I'm doing like online class as everyone else is. And I walked outside. Well, I-, I went outside early this morning to go to the gym. And it was fucking frigid, dude. I had to start my car. And I was like, uh, should I start my car and then just, you know, go back inside, drink some pre-workout, warm up. And then get in my car, or should I just sit in my car and drink the pre workout And I chose the second option, and it was the wrong option. Because I got into the gym, and I could not feel my hands, dude. I was freezing cold. And the gym is freezing cold because, like, I go early in the morning. I was there at, like, 8 this morning, 7.30. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not, they're not going to leave the heat on overnight. Like, it's a waste of money, so... Mm-hmm. It was so fucking cold, dude. I was freezing the entire time until I got onto the elliptical and did cardio. But yeah, I haven't really done anything else besides that today. Walk the dog. It's the only other time I've been outside.
1: Got to get that vitamin D. It's important to keep you healthy, man.
0: I, I wish through, I I'm like four days of class in. I already made the decision that I needed a break from the morning show because I am absolutely fucking walloped with work. Like, Mm -hmm. walloped. I'm sitting at my computer for, I don't know, 16 out of the 24 hours of day. And I'm not playing video games. Like, that's not what I'm doing. I got on for the first time last night in a couple days to, like, run two Tarkov raids. And then I was like, okay, well, this is fucked. Like, I I can't even think about anything else besides schoolwork. And I last week I was playing golf five times a week. And now I'm here, like, doing this fucking bullshit.
1: Yeah. (sighs) It's completely... Uh destroys your system. It's horrible. Yeah. I wanna
0: die. It, it's so fucking bad. Well, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I in school? Why is anyone in school right now? We should have all just taken some time off because this is bullshit. You're gonna Damn. make I'm gonna rant for a second. You're gonna make me come into your fucking Zoom and because you feel so self important, you're gonna tell me that I need to keep my camera on the entire time. Go fuck yourself. For what reason do I need to have my camera on? Why do you need to look into my eyeballs? We're sitting 100 miles apart. You're in fucking wherever you are, Galloway or EHT, and I'm here, right? And and I'm sitting in my room, and I'm doing your work. I'm doing your assignments, and I'm giving you 110%. Why do you need to see my eyes? You know that I'm in the Zoom. You know that I'm responding to your conversations. Why do you need to see my face? I don't get it, and it's triggering the shit out of me because the one professor was like, if you're not going to turn your camera on, you might as well drop my class. There's no reason for you to be here. Why? I'm fucking paying your salary, you bastard. What's your problem? I don't get it. It just makes me so mad. I hate school, man. I hate it so much.
1: I'm so glad I got out when I did because I couldn't be able to do what you guys are doing now.
0: Well everyone shares these sentiments for the for the most part too like I I understand you wanting to maybe you wanting for me to be active in in participation in, in class I totally that totally tracks like that's fine but I don't think that you need to see my face I just don't and and I I was like yo my camera's not working because you know I had used the camera the other day to <clears throat> record something else for a buddy or something like he needed footage or something and I didn't have it hooked up and he's like, "Oh, you, you better, you better figure it out. Then you better, better fix it. You better figure it out." I was like, "All right, dude. Like, okay, just," I said, "Give me ten minutes. I'll, I'll fix it for you." And I did, and I came back, and he's like, "I think it's integral to class discussion that you've go fuck yourself, dude. You're not important to me or anyone else." All right, we can move on to sports. Sorry that'll be entertaining that'll be easy to clip if you want yeah that'll be good that one can go on the fucking highlight reel
1: i've been having issues with the fucking app recently so now i got to make sure it works now what's wrong with it i don't know like i go on to the headliner website i go to the podcast to search it, it comes up i click on the episode i want for it to load so i can clip the thing in it it just continually says processing episode and it's been like that the past couple of days every time I've tried. and I'm like, what the fuck, bro? I'm trying to get some content out to the socials because the shit's been dead and I'm it's just so fucking stupid. I'm going to try after this now because last thing last thing I posted was last Thursday.
0: Well, <clears throat> I mean, we're kind of getting meta here and talking about behind the scenes, but who cares? Um. If you want what I can do is just give you my <clears throat> access to the adobe that we pay for. Yeah. And you can just cut and chop and cut it. What happened we we were talking about on the golf course last week, maybe Matt's brother Zach getting in and <clears throat> editing some of the stuff for us. Did anything happen of like come of that or no?
1: No, I think it was just a vague a vague thing he said and he just didn't have anything <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, so because you everything asked- Every time I, I, I was dead serious at paying him, but I, I know. was going him like 40 bucks a week.
0: And then, he, and then he was like, he just didn't say anything. We're walking on the first T box. Matt goes, I'm being serious. $20 an episode or, or or 40 or 50 a week. And I look at him and I go, you're, he just doesn't respond to me either. I, I don't think he's into it.
1: No, that's fine. Well, he's got his school stuff now. I know. Yeah. Whenever he's not doing that, he's on here playing Borderlands 2 or other games and that so whatever it's fine i can well, do it on, on your own. on your pc yeah he's on here it's like it's like back in the day when you shared a console with your siblings it's like that because i come in here after work and i'm like yo how long are you gonna be yeah i know this is like a conversation we would have eight nine years ago that we're still kids. having to this day i'm 24 he's gonna be 21 in two months and it's like what the fuck
0: there's so much like it, it's just so worth it you just have your own like they're not. They're 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 pretty reasonably priced these days. Computers. They're not as expensive as they used to be. No. Well, no. They're more expensive at the top end, but at the middle like price bracket, like what you have, they're so much more affordable than they used to be. Mm-hmm. It'd be so fucking expensive. Um. All right. Well, thanks for listening to that like seven minute rant and recap about our lives. We are gonna get into the Premier League. Uh, we're gonna recap match day twenty. And then go over, um, twenty one, which is the upcoming week of games. Last week of January, kind of can't believe it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, this month went quick. Hardly any transfer deals went through. I know today. Excuse me. West Ham just secured Jesse Lingard for the rest of the season on loan from United. Whatever that's worth.
0: Nothing. He's worth nothing. Um. Uh, Oh, there's one more thing. Um Hwang Hee Chan, do you know him? The RB Leipzig? The guy that came the guy that came in when uh Timo Werner left?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man.
0: Hwang Hee Chan. He's uh I think he's South Korean. Yeah, he is. And he uh he's been in contact with West Ham as well. So West Ham seem to be like moving for some of these guys. Like they definitely want to get guys in. I, I think Lingard actually helps their team. And if he's going to get like time, then it's a good move for him. He's a young budding player. Um, yeah. I think he, he has rotate. potential for sure.
1: Yeah. He can rotate in there. Cause they've been playing uh Ben Rahman there. Who's inexperienced in the prem. They They got him on loan from Brentford in the championship. And, They've been playing your boy Fournals like Mm -hmm. off on the wing kinda. Lanzini has been playing a major role. So they're just trying to bolster their squad to hold on to where they are in the league. And I mean they're in fifth place right now, which is very strong. So the second half of the season they're probably gonna hope to hold on to one of those Europa League positions.
0: I mean I think I think the biggest the biggest thing that you can draw from this is the fact that maybe Maybe David or David Moyes was given some really, really rough situations. Uh, in those, there's yeah. that period where everyone was like, "Moyes sucks, he's a fraud," and I think it's like class is kind of permanent because there was a period where he was a pretty decent manager, and then the United shit happened, right? And his career just fucking exploded, and now right. he he's getting himself back to that pedigree, which I think is great. You love to see that like success story.
1: Yeah, he's doing what he did at Everton, mm-hmm. and then he was kind of he was kind of pushed in out of his own will to United because Ferguson was like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy," and he was like, "Wait, wait, wait, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at." Yeah,
0: yeah, because uh, Fergie knew him because they're both Scottish, right? Yes. Yeah, and and he really wanted him in there. I can't believe that people thought he was going to be the successor to fucking Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, that's just. I don't think anybody
1: could have done. Anything <laughs> no one can. No one has even to satisfy that that standard. No one has
0: even come close to that standard. I mean, he's he is far and away the greatest manager of all time. I don't even think it's close. Not in my opinion, it's it's not even remotely close.
1: Uh, I think he was at the right place at the right time, and it was at a time where the games, the game was completely different. To where now there's so much more that um you have to take into account.
0: Oh, I I think that's I think that's fair, but I I like it's like Phil Jackson like Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time, but it's because he fell into those situations. He you right. know he had Shaq and Kobe and and Powell and he had uh fucking why am I forgetting his name uh Michael Michael Jordan and and Rodman and and Pippen like it, it doesn't I, I I don't I kind of like think that's kind of an afterthought in that argument because. Like, of course, the, you the, still have to win the games, yeah, exactly, and I think especially in soccer like it's it's so much harder in in basketball, like your guys can call their own plays and shit, but when you're managing like you're managing a massive group of guys, like eleven players at a time on the pitch, you're worried about everything, and in some situations you're bringing you're the one that's responsible for bringing in guys and stuff like that, so I think it's. It's an interesting thing to think about, Fergie's yeah. probably my like top though,
1: yeah, he's easily arguably up there,
0: yeah, um okay, let's uh we're, we're going to talk about United here uh for for quite, <laughs> quite a bit because they played in quite the fixture this week. Um, the first match we'll be going over is Leeds versus Newcastle. I picked Leeds. did you pick Newcastle in this game?
1: I took a draw here, and it was kind of looking like that. Yeah, Leeds, it was. Le- Leeds controlled the possession, but um, I would say later on, towards garbage time, Newcastle took their chances. They outshot Leeds 22-9, to nine with mm-hmm. only 5 on target, to Leeds is 2. And a lot of Leeds' buildup came from that right side. You had Stuart Dallas, who's like a, a bombing wingback, kind of how the modern back is nowadays. You want him to get more involved in the attack. And, um, Rodrigo and Rafinha also played well on that side, too. Rafinha was a guy that, that Newcastle didn't have anybody that could match up with him. He was just so explosive on the wing, setting things up. But um, the first goal came from Newcastle, giving up a uh, t- getting dispossessed off a poor throw-in. I, I, you always tell your players to throw the ball up the field. Yeah, because never off, off chance, Yeah, they threw the ball in the middle. The midfielder took a bad touch and had to take extra time to collect himself, and by then he was already pushed over. And Leeds on the counterattack is one of the most dangerous things to see in the Premier League. We've seen what they've done; they're they're on the top end in the goals for column. And Rodrigo linked up with Rafinha, who scored, um, which made Newcastle have to get back into this game. He had them equalizing now off of uh, a Banford giving the ball away after. I just talked up. I just gassed him up last week, saying he was my most impressive player of the season. He gives up some bullshit ball. Um, and then Newcastle did some tiki taka with Shelby Wilson and Elmeron, who just barely got it through. To say
0: unreal to be playing tiki taka with John Joe Shelby.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it was. He only touched the ball once. He fed it into Wilson. Wilson just trapped it, laid it off, and Elmeron just first timed right in there. Yep but that was that was their best play of the whole game and then uh the second half Rafinha again he's given too much space he finds J- uh Jack Harrison off on the left wing whan- off on the left flank wide open and we we've, we've said in the past how Newcastle plays 5 in the back most games and they did here Mm-hmm. You have five guys in the back, and one of their most dangerous attackers is given at least 15 to 20 yards of space, yeah. and he has enough time to collect himself and volley half volley at home to seal the game for him there. But like I said, late on, this is when Newcastle opened it up. Leeds decided they were going to back up and just let them come at him and wait for a counter maybe, but uh, Alan St. Maximin, who's been dealing with injuries of late, he was... In this game, and he made a big game changer for. He was a big game changer for Newcastle. He created a lot of chances for himself and other teammates who, in Newcastle fashion, scuffed it over the bar by eighty yards. Of course, and um, they had other guys. John Joe off a corner. He made a great header, but Mesolier was there. And then uh, their center back Fabian Cher made a lot of runs out of center back, which was surprising. I mean, he, when he have, does,
0: he moves a lot. Or like a yeah, huge he, center back, he moves a lot.
1: Yeah, the Swiss, the Switzerland guy mm-hmm. decided to take some bombing runs up the field, and it did cause Leeds some problems, because then you have to come into the responsibility of whose man that is and do you pass him off, which caused a lot of confusion. But Leeds held up and got their first win in uh, three matches. They have really needed that. I mean, in the table, they were dropping a bit, and with that win, they secured a little bit of gap off of uh, that bottom tier.
0: Yeah, um, before we move on to the next one, I do kind of want to say I, I watched this game and I felt like Leeds were playing a different style of, of, of ball versus Newcastle than they have in the past few weeks. I mean, nine shots to Newcastle's 22, Leeds dominated possession instead of dominating on the counter. Of course, they still played the counter, but I, I didn't. it didn't feel as violent or as focused to me um on scoring. Uh, Harrison reason the the reason being, you know, the the reason he scored was because they gave him too much space, you know. Like Chris Moves used to say, sag off, he swags off. And that's really what happened. They gave him too much and he's he's talented enough to be able to get that ball in there. Um I was kind of surprised that that one goal was the difference. I think I said this would be like a 2 or 3 nil uh margin of of victory and I don't know leads didn't look as sharp to me as i as yeah. i had expected
1: yeah just it was a different game tactic that they weren't used to where uh the team was sagging off and five in the back where usually they're playing a four back or sometimes a three back similar to with wing backs, kind of how they play a little bit so it was a little bit of a game changer so now we know when they control the game they're not gonna have as many chances but Also, uh, Bamford came off in like the 59th minute. He wasn't injured or anything, and they put a young Tyler Roberts up there who doesn't have any Prem experience, so that's another reason why they were kind of lacking in chance creation. They were relying more on uh, Rafinha on the right to do all the work.
0: Yeah, they paid all this money for for Rodrigo, but Bamford's been so good that Rodrigo doesn't really he's not really getting a chance. I'm wondering if like they'll send Rodrigo out on loan or something like that because yeah,
1: they've been playing him in the midfield kind of out of his position like as like a a shadow striker or like a, just like a outside wing guy kind of.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was great in Spain last season. I thought he was great. Yeah. I just I I'd, I'd expected him like when when Leeds came up, I was like and, and then they made the signing. I thought he would have quite an expanded role, but he really doesn't.
1: Yeah, he's more of a rotationary Mm -hmm. uh, background player. He's not the main guy like how uh, this Rafinha and Bamford and at times Harrison are.
0: Yeah. Okay, we shall move on to the next fixture, which was Crystal Palace versus West Ham. I think I took West Ham here. Did you take Palace?
1: I did. I went against you here, and early on it did look like Palace was going to dominate this game. I mean, they they physically outdid West Ham in the first five minutes, which is something you tell your players. You want them in the first five to ten minutes to assert control and dominance over the game. And Palace did with a 1-2 from Zaha and Benteke. Mm -hmm. Zaha coming out the score. uh, He leads the team with nine goals. Benteke is second on the team with three. So that shows you how significant uh, Zaha is when it comes to goals. I mean, we already knew that, but... That just extends that point. And uh, this is where, in the first and second half, West Ham capitalized on Palace, I would say. I don't know if you'd agree, but that 16 to 30th minute, or I should say the second, third of the half, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That range, uh, West Ham dominated. Uh, West Ham got their equalizer kind of out of nowhere, I would say. The ball was kind of... Being played down the left, Cresswell to Fornals. Fornals was triple teamed at one point. He yep. flicks it to the touchline. Antonio chases it down and gets a toe onto it back into the middle. And then Suchek slams it home, equalizing. And um, from there, West Ham controlled the rest of the half. And then a second came from Cresswell, like Wethwell, <laughs> off a uh, free kick. Crystal, or not Crystal Palace. West Ham are very good from set pieces yeah. this year. I was trying to find his stats, but I I mean, this is in my opinion, but they're like one of the best set piece teams in the league. They have just so much height coming from their back line and and
0: physicality too. like, that's what it is. It's
1: the two holding mids and the center backs are just very dominant.
0: Yeah. Um, I was really surprised, like. Okay, so here's the first thing I was surprised that when I saw Zaha walk out onto the pitch with those fucking (laughs) weird little like space alien knots, uh, he usually has like, usually has his hair up, right? Like usually up Mm -hmm. and then he wears like the black wrap and his hair always looks sick. He came out with these little <laughs> these four little nubs. I was like, Ah, oh, shit's chalked, bro. Palace is done. And there that was it. I mean, Zaha scored in the third and I said, Oh, maybe the nubs are the thing. Like, maybe yeah. maybe this is his new buy. <laughs> yeah. But um Suchek had other plans, man. He's he's continued to be uh, he might be signing of the season. I'd say Hamez was at the very beginning, but fuck man. Su has like Entirely revamped the the West Ham midfield, and he's everywhere, dude.
1: He's vicious. Yeah. He's got seven goals and one assist this year. So That's awesome. seven in, seven and in twenty matches as a holding mid is very hard. I mean, hell yeah. Anything even close to resembling that would I don't I I I wouldn't fully say this out of out of respect to this player, but like this is like a Yaya Torre kind yeah kind of thing. No, it is the one year he had twenty goals and like eight or nine assists as a center midfielder, like a yeah. deep line playmaker. Like he played out of his mind that year and nobody respected it.
0: I miss Yaya so much. Dude, back when he was on city, it was some of the most entertaining shit ever. He used to hit fucking screamers. Yeah, Never like him, hit some, seen someone strike the ball
1: like that. Him, David Silva and Aguero, like in their primes were a dynamic three that dominated the game.
0: Yeah. Who was the manager back then? Pellegrini?
1: No, I think at the start it was uh what's his name Mancini.
0: Oh yeah, Roberto Mancini and then and then, then Pellegrini.
1: Pellegrini took over, yeah, right after the they won the league the first time and then I think the the year after United came back and won it and then they sacked him.
0: Yeah, City won in 9-10, I think.
1: It was around that, yeah. There yeah. was it was like it was like 11-12 I thought. Something that like that.
0: Feels so long ago um it's almost 10 years yeah so so west ham have have continued to um improve i would say and and it appears that they're only really looking to uh improve further they've been making some some plays on the transfer market apparently um like i said earlier wang Hee chan is looking to come in did i say that on the podcast or before the podcast
1: you were saying it during the show, yeah, okay,
0: it was during the show, um so he's supposed to come in looking at that that won't be a a cheap move because Leipzig just bought him for quite a bit mm-hmm. and and then if they can if they can secure Ben Rama, which is huge for them right now, especially because he's in the first team and making all these appearances, um then I think that that puts them in a really good spot because it's only a matter of time before Antonio gets injured again. He didn't play this entire game. He never plays the entire game. His fitness is so poor, dude. It is so poor. Thing. He
1: he had three shots that hit off the post. I know, because he hits the ball one. so
0: fucking hard.
1: Yeah, well, there was another one after the second goal for West Ham from um, Suchek, his second. Mm-hmm. The, the immediate goal or kickoff, they played it back to Kuyate, and he scuffed the pass to... Um, Gary Cahill, and then Antonio was just clean in, and then he hit off the post, and it was like, oh my god, yeah, it's 3-1, shocking. The game would have been over.
0: Yeah, it would have been it right there. It's shocking that Gary Cahill still plays. Honestly, he's stealing a living.
1: Yeah, shout out to him, man.
0: Yeah, that's true. I thought he was supposed to go to China, and then it never happened.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's funny. Like talking about ex-Chelsea players, I saw an article. I don't know how accurate it's going to be, but like uh, Oscar. Oh yeah, is saying he wants to play for Chelsea before he retires.
0: Yeah, okay, he
1: he doesn't know how far in the future, but I mean, it's turning out like China's put more restrictions on foreign players coming in because they can't pay them as much as as they used to now. Yeah, with all the money in that, when the league restrictions, but I mean, that's probably a money move for him get one less payday before he goes yeah. to the MLS or if he goes back to Brazil. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But he was a fun guy. He was like. He left in his prime, too. It's like a shame. That him. was a big loss. Mm-hmm. He, he was, was huge in there. That's something we're missing right now, driving force in the middle. I know Mount's doing it, but Oscar would help, too.
0: He's trying. Mount doesn't have the experience that, that um, Oscar had.
1: hmm
0: Oh, man. Back when it was Oscar and Ramirez, dude.
1: Fucking... Yeah, yeah, had yeah, them and like uh, Frank for a little bit. Yep. And, uh, McHale, <laughs> yeah. And John A.W. Mikel Essien.
0: Yeah. Classic. John Obi. What a fucking beast.
1: Yeah, but uh, one last thing on the Palace game. I thought that uh, Gaito was the man of the match because they, they could have had at least five or six against him like the Liverpool game, but he was standing on his head for a good bit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and like I said earlier, like West Ham locked themselves up in fifth right now, and they haven't lost since mid-December uh, since that 3-0 loss to Chelsea, which is weird to say Chelsea winning 3-0 against somebody
0: yeah, that's for sure, especially after this weekend. Goalless.
1: Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that.
0: Next game, my favorite game of the week. Game that I missed unfortunately. This was a game that kept me from going 5 and 0 on the first day. Arsenal 3, Southampton 1. Now, after conceding in the 3rd minute, Arsenal pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, something you don't see very often these days, and put 3 past a shaky, un- a strangely shaky Southampton defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Pepe scored in the eighth. My man, Saka, scored in the 39th. And then Lacazette added a final in the 72nd off the back of a Saka assist. While Matt's uh, most surprising best player of the season flopped this week, mine performed fantastically.
1: Um yeah, He's playing really, really well. He's carrying it on. And also, Lacazette's playing really well. He, he, I saw, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of times where he was checking back into like a shadow role. He was collecting the ball. Kind of how like I, I talked about Harry Kane, how he was doing that for Sun and Bergwine. He did the, kind of the exact same thing, letting Sokka and Smith-Rowe get past him. And that led to Sokka getting his goal.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny because some players get worse when you bench them, and some get better. It's interesting to see how each each different player has each a different style and how they react to a manager sitting them or deciding that they ha- will have a reduced role. And Lacazette has certainly had a reduced role this year. I mean, it, it's evident he doesn't get the time that he did under um, under other managers under Emery or uh, when we had Freddie in there as the interim. Yeah, and he's been better for it. I think he provides usually a little boost of energy. Um, when he comes off the bench and the team starts to play different, it's more tactical. When Lacazette comes on, you get more movement from him. Whereas if you have another forward up there, they're usually a little more static or if it's a man out on the wing, he's obviously not checking in and making all of those runs. He's been lazy this season, but Lacazette's been a, a, a refreshing, uh, refreshing sight to see, you know, kind of a sight for his eyes. Um, yeah. it, it's been great. I've been really happy with, with his performance this season. Uh, I kind of figured he would be gone or out on loan or something like that. But he's he's had he has like four or five goals, I think.
1: Yeah, Lacazette's doing well and uh so that means Nketiah has got to be riding the bench. There were rumors that he was going to get loaned out somewhere, but nothing's come to the full front about that. But um I mean going into this match in the, with this team, She, no Tyranny, no Baumyang, um no Sabios. There was a lot of guys that you're seeing experience not in this match. They have to play Cedric out on the left. Uh, Pepe gets a start ahead of Willian. I mean, what were you thinking going into it?
0: Well, I think Willian is dog shit. So I was happy that Pepe got the start over him. Willian has... He's literally invisible every time. Like, I mean, he, he gets
1: by, by you saying that, it's like it was just a waste of a signing. You guys oh, paid it was 120,000, whatever he's getting paid oh, 100%.
0: Uh, it is a waste of a signing. And I, I wasn't necessarily like thrilled with the signing in the first place. He's aging, he's 30 something years old now. He. The reason that Willian's not performing is because he doesn't have the pace that he used to. Even last season, you got you got a little bit of Willian. He had a little bit left in the tank. You were getting free kick specialist Willian, which is huge. He was taking the corners. He was providing good service. This year, he's not doing that. He he can't even beat he can't even beat these fucking fat white defenders. He can't beat
1: them. I mean, last year, he had one of his best statistical seasons. Yeah, he had, he had nine goals and seven assists in thirty six games, which is his most in the prem he's ever had and his most tied for his most assists he ever had. He he is there. He just needs to get the consistent play, but Mikel doesn't see it. And I'm sure he sees it in the training ground. It's got to start somewhere. Maybe he just doesn't have the, he doesn't have the same or the same passion about it. I don't know whether it's the guys around him. He's used to the Chelsea boys or what? I don't know.
0: I, I think it's a pace thing, honestly, because like last year he didn't play that same like pacey sprint down the wing, beat as many guys as you can. Right. Um, type of style that he has in years past. I mean, we've been watching Willie in most of our, our lives now, you know. We we've seen his entire career for the most part. And he didn't play like that last year, and that reinvention is what made him so great last year for Chelsea. And he's done the same thing this year, but on top, like he's lost pace on top of that, and the issues are compounding. And he's just not, he's just not performing. And I think that we're better off getting a guy like Pepe in, who we paid an absolute fucking shit ton for, and he's the record transfer. And I mean, I'd rather watch him play. I'd rather watch him get experience, whether he's good or bad. I think he gets like kind of some unfair criticism. I actually think he's okay. I think he's talented and I All think right. the more he plays, the the, the better he'll get. Um, but but uh, the Smith-Rowe start, I don't have a problem starting him there. He's been really solid the past couple of weeks, and I think that you have to re- reward guys that are giving you a good, solid shift. He's gritty, and he has some vision, so I, I don't think he's the long-term solution there. I'd love if we yeah. can get... You know, well, actually, we did get, we got we got Odegaard, who's a little more experienced. So yeah. we'll see if he fits in there or if he doesn't. If Smith-Rowe's better, then we continue to play Smith-Rowe. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that for me.
1: Yeah, Smith-Rowe Smith started the last six matches, which are all of his appearances this year. So Mikel saw something in him that match where he earned that penalty and never looked back. So, I mean, that's good. The The Odegaard signing's good. And I I think your holding mids in this game did exceptionally well, Partey yes. and... Xhaka and his distribution and the passing game was really well, too.
0: He's gotten early. better this season.
1: Yeah, he won the ball a couple times. in the first minute slipped Lacazette in, he could have had one there. And then the first goal to Pepe, he got it from Partey. Nice little slot in between the two defenders, the center back and the fullback, and Pepe did the rest. It was very nice to see.
0: I am so much more confident as a viewer when Partey is on the pitch. He is yeah. such a force. He He... And I can tell that he inspires the players around him because they play so much more Confidently, they're more confident in the bold decisions they make, and they also make smarter decisions on top of that because they know when that ball goes back there, there is an extra line of defense before the absolute shambles that is the defense. Yep. Because you know, you still have David Louise, Rob Holding's been playing well, but he's easily yep. exposed because he's slow, and then you have Bellerin and, and Cedric. You, you never know what you're going to get from Bellerin. Some days he looks like fucking um. Some days he looks like Danny Alves, and other days he looks like a fucking, like he's never s- stepped foot on the pitch. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm happy. I I have to just take the three points that we get against Southampton. I would honestly much rather have the three points here than have the three points in the FA Cup. We, we did lose in the FA Cup. The Arsenal FA Cup is now going to be somebody else's FA Cup.
1: Yeah, so, I don't think you, your focus is there. Uh, no. One more note on Arsenal before we move on. I just saw this. Only Man City have more have won more points and conceded fewer goals than Arsenal in the Premier League since Boxing Day. So Arsenal in since Boxing Day have 16 points and have only given up two goals. That's awesome in that time period. So in form, they're second best in the league when you compare it to everybody else. It's it's City then them, and then West Ham. Those are like your top three in form teams right now.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm really hoping that Arsenal can get themselves up into like. Fifth I mean, plays
1: Saturday, Saturday is a marquee. Oh my god, I can't wait! Invested. You got United, so I we'll can't touch wait. on that later.
0: Ugh, I'm so excited. Uh, okay. Oh my god, we have been taking so much time. We're already at 35 minutes. Uh, the next game was West Brom City. There's really not much to say about this. City pumped them five nil. Uh, we both said that City would win this one. I really, I didn't expect it to be five 0 but uh, Gundawan had two. He's been a very surprising uh, inclusion in all of City's teams. Well, it's not been surprising that he's been included after you know having a g- couple of good weeks earlier this season. But it has been surprising to me that he's kept uh, he's kept up this form. He's he's really lights out.
1: Yeah, I th- the five nil was deserving here. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking now. The the last time these two played each other in the league was December fifteenth, where surprisingly West Brom drew. On Man City ride. at yeah Yep, and Gunduan did score the goal in that game. Um, I mean, he is made himself a major part in that team and how it works. Gunduan. Um, I think he's got five or six. I think now. Yeah. In in the league, and um, another guy I'd like to say that's been getting more involved, especially in the attack, is um, Zhao Cancelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, conventionally, he's a right back. And, he, I mean, Pep at times had been playing him in the midfield as like a holding mid. And he did score in this game. It was controversial with the whole VAR decision. And the linesman The linesman called the offsides too early, making the West Brom defenders uh, drop their guard and didn't play until the whistle was blown. And then it got ruled a goal. It was kind of controversial. But it pretty much took the sails out of West Brom and, and just made City roll on him. Uh, he had other goals from Mares and Sterling as well. They wrap this game up before the 60th minute. Um, John Stones and Diaz have looked great together. Uh, Ederson leads the league now in 11 clean sheets out of 20 matches, which is a very hard task to do, especially in the Prem. Um, I mean, it carries on here. They have 10 straight wins in the league. Where do you see this going, Evan?
0: I mean, they're going to win the league, right? Yeah. I, I I don't see... United are dropping points, not just dropping points, losing to Sheffield, who have three wins this season well, they, in the press. They
1: were on a 13-match unbeaten streak, and that's when Sheffield broke it. So, I mean, that's a sign to sign to show you that it's going to be very, very hard to keep up with City.
0: Well, that's the thing. They, they, they were unbeaten. It's not like they had won 10 in a row. There was a Correct. couple squeaky ones there for United. City now have won 11 in a row, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. That is rare. You do not see that that often in this day and age of the Premier League. There's so much parity. Anybody can beat anybody. You're watching Liverpool and Tottenham draw points to absolutely horrendous clubs. It is it is shocking to me that the City team, who really don't have a true striker right now, have managed to string 11 wins in a row. That's very impressive. And I think even if it's two or three or four more weeks of winning, they're just just—they're going to go clear of everyone, and it's going to be one of those, those seasons like last year where Liverpool was just so far ahead. No one was ever catching up.
1: Yeah, there's not really much else to say. I mean, no. it's going to be interesting to see um, how they do with De Bruyne still out. Um, obviously, like we said, Gundogan's kind of picking up that slack now, and uh, other guys as well. Uh, you're not seeing Kyle Walker as much. He's kind of getting injury-prone, so they've been slipping in other guys there, as well as Mendy. So. Zinchenko, Cancelo, and um other guys like that are having to pick up the slack in the back. Yep.
0: Uh okay. Next game. I'm gonna let you tackle most of this. I thought this was kind of like a disappointing game. I thought that it would be a Chelsea win, but it wasn't. Chelsea dominated possession, but ultimately Wolves uh Wolves stayed clear.
1: Yeah, I mean the score line is not favorable, but when you look at the stats, and I mean, the stats aren't everything, but seventy-nine to twenty-one percent possession, uh, nine hundred passes to two hundred and forty-two. Crazy. Chelsea completely controlled this game from the beginning to the end. It was just the final product. Yeah. Now, the lineup choice. Tuchel did come out and say there it was nothing knowing he had no idea. He just put what he thought for experience wise was the best. Um, I don't know what he thought, Hudson Adoy at right wing back. I don't know if he thought he had Victor Moses. Um, or he had Triori from the other team playing out there, but Hudson a at wing back was not a big pick for me. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna do that, maybe just fucking put Chilwell on the right and then put Alonzo in there. This is what Alonzo's known for as yeah, a wing, being back, a wing role. back. Um so I mean even if you put him on the right, he would still do a better job than a there. But um The the most surprising thing for me was like the midfield. He played like a box midfield. He played two holding mids in Kovacic and Jorginho. Um reporters have been saying he's a fan of Jorginho, so we're probably gonna see a lot more of him, which I don't like, but whatever we're gonna have to deal with it. I just don't like him on the defensive end. He's not a big he's not a guy I'd expect to put crunching tackles in like Conte or Kovacic. But um he does a role for the time being until um Tuchel can get to the summer and get some of his own guys in. I know there's rumors that he's looking at Usman Dembele. Um, I don't know if we need wingers. I don't think that's what we need. I think we need no. more defensive guys. Uh, and the other guy, which I'm very, I'm very want this guy in this club. I really want him, uh, Uba Pokano, the uh, yeah. center back from Ube Leipzig. Mocano. There's talks for a 39 million pound release clause or something. That he's a big fan of Tuchel and he wants to play under him. So hopefully that's true and they can get him in to replace Thiago Silva once he finishes out. Um he'd be a great player to build off of in there. But um I think they really really need to get a holding midfielder in there. Somebody that dominates the ball, controls the tempo of the game kind of like how a Paul Pogba does it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Um other than that, nobody really else comes to mind. I De- Declan Rice can do that. Uh he I would say he needs like more time in the, in the uh, system Just developing. Yeah. Yeah, but he does a good job now. But we need somebody that's world class right now. Yeah, maybe they get somebody from Germany. I mean, you can dream getting a Goretzka like a Kimmich, but that would never well, happen. They're worth
0: so much. They're they're yeah. worth like hundreds of millions on the market. I yeah, mean, Bayern would I'd never pay anything. I'd pay anything for Goretzka. He's he's a like, he's so good. You could play him anywhere. He's like yeah. Philip Lahm. Like like Philip Bloom could play as a. As a fucking uh, right back and as a CDM. And then yeah. also as a holding mid. Like, he was so good. There are a dime a dozen, those players. Or a and fucking not a dime a dozen. Very rare is what I mean to say.
1: Diamond in the haystack.
0: Yeah, needle in here. the haystack. Yep.
1: And the last thing in the lineup situation, he started Havertz. Now, this guy, when it comes to attention... He clearly hates it. He does not like being the guy in the spotlight. Yeah, He's a guy that likes to be in the background doing his own thing, nobody bothering him, which is fine, but you're playing at one of the most high-profile clubs in the world, let alone the Premier League. So you need to step up and do your job. So he didn't do anything in this game. I would rather have played Werner in there. I would have, Or feared. a pole or a mount, but he's going with these German guys. He's really going to push these German guys. Everybody thinks... We brought in a German coach because he's a German whisperer or whatever you want to call it. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you'll have to wait for like another four to five weeks to see if he can turn something out. And this Wolves team playing them now is great because they're not doing the best. We talked about last week how they're one of the most disappointing teams so far. They can't score, they got a young attack. And it showed you got inconsistency. They did switch back to three defenders, which they naturally play. Because at times they've been playing in a four-back, and Connor Cody, their captain, doesn't do well in a four-back, I've seen. Yeah. He has to
0: be the very center.
1: mm -hmm, Yeah, he he likes to be in that middle. He can cover for guys that get out of position and the center of command. So, yeah, it was just a boring game. There wasn't anything to actually talk about, but... It, it was a good step forward because we didn't concede. We controlled the game. We had chances. It just comes down to that final, the final touch of the ball, putting it away. So, I mean, we're going to touch on their match coming up against Burnley, but I think it's going to be a scary match.
0: I do too. I'm going to take Burnley in that game. Fucking legends. Burnley are like my second favorite team. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, One of my, one of my buddies, like, that I we've been listening to the same podcast for a long time, like are in a group chat. Um, he's from he's from Burnley, and that's that's his team. Okay, so I've I've actually like I've I've won I've bet on them quite a few times. Uh, he'll tell me when, and like he
1: he he just knows he's he he knows dude.
0: Their fucking their defense is so sharp, like they're so good. I know they parked the bus, but like they've kind of been scoring too when they need to.
1: I mean, they got two big wins in a row. We'll touch on that more, but like when you beat Liverpool, and we'll probably talk about this game next. An Aston Villa team, very, very good. They're digging yeah. themselves out of the relegation battle, and they're potentially pushing for a mid-table finish, which we both projected they would do. Yeah,
0: so I'm kind of excited for that. Um, another one, another fucking stinker. Nil, nil. Brighton, Fulham. What did I say? Draw.
1: You picked Fulham. I picked a uh, draw.
0: Okay, so you won this one. Yeah. I was I won well, five, wasn't I today? Yesterday, yeah.
1: For this, yeah. Yesterday, it was it was an absolute stinker for you, man.
0: I don't really have much to say about this game. I thought it was very flat. There was quite a few chances. Uh, Brighton had five shots on target. For, excuse me. Versus Fulham's three passes were pretty much even. And uh possession was pretty much even. These teams are just both like they just both lack creativity, honestly. They lack creativity, they yeah. lack clinicality, they lack talent.
1: Um I thought I, defensively structured, they were both solid.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. But but unfortunately that's like that's how a lot of wouldn't you say that's how a lot of like the smaller clubs are? Like defensively the bare, at the back they're they're solid, but they can't that, score.
1: At the bare minimum, you have to be to stay in this league. You have to right. have a solid defensive unit that can hold clean sheets on occasions and keep you in games for like, like near, Yeah, for attackers who aren't clinical that don't score every game. That on occasions they have their moments, and when those moments come, those can be three point winners that draw drag you out of the out of the relegation. So a point shared it doesn't help either of them. Um, in the case of Brighton, it helps more because they keep a five-point distance from Fulham, who are in that top relegation spot. But I would say you can take positives out of this. Uh, for Fulham, attacking-wise, they looked better to me than Brighton. I know Brighton had more chances, but uh, Lookman up there is probably their most positive guy, young young guy. We've talked about earlier in the year where he did like a, a Panenka chip in the 90th minute, and they didn't yeah. get the win. And he's kind of turned the table on that a little bit. He's shown more maturity. And Ruben Loftus-Cheeks on loan from Chelsea. At the beginning of the year preseason, he had some stinkers, and I was heated at him. So I was glad he went on loan. But playing for this Fulham team and getting consistent minutes is good for him because going through these hardships is important in a player's development to really appreciate that time he gets back at his parent club where there's more success, you would like to think.
0: Yeah, that is the truth. Um, okay, moving on. I think we actually skipped over this, right? Burnley three, Aston Villa two. Yes, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to skip over this. This was a fucking barn burner. Uh, the winner didn't come until Chris Wood struck in the 79th minute. Um, like I was so confident that Burnley would win this game, so confident, and they didn't.
1: Still, uh... What'd you say? but you still picked villa.
0: Oh, I'm thinking about a different fixture then. I must yeah, be you, thinking about a different Burnley fixture.
1: You picked Aston Villa here and I picked uh I picked Burnley.
0: Man, my fucking brain is so fried. <laughs> um I'm just going to shut up then go ahead. I don't well, I I'm totally off base now. <laughs>
1: I'll let you collect your thoughts and figure yeah. out where you were, but um Aston Villa did play a match before this on that Saturday against Newcastle which we included in on this window Aston Villa did pull out the win we both got that right uh 2-0 win over Newcastle who's probably the worst team right now in the league I'm still holding on to that but um and Ollie Watkins did score that game I did make an ultimatum with him saying if he does not score in that match I would drop him from my fantasy team
0: now you have to keep him for him to not score
1: He scored in that game, and he scored in this game. He opened up the score sheet from an assist from target. Uh, Ball came whipped in from the left side perfectly, just a shoelace ahead of the defender's foot. Watkins gets a flick in. And then Burnley respond. I mean, this was a back-and-forth game. Grealish got on the score sheet as well. Um, Burnley always come out in a conventional 4-4-2, very standard, like old-fashioned. Your two holding mids in the middle, hold the game. Creative-wise, you have the quick wingers. mainly from Dwight McNeil. He's, like, their young star out there. And then uh, Chris Wood's, like, their big target man up top. They have him, and then they play a little man, whether it's Ashley Barnes or Jay Rodriguez comes in does a shift. Um, They matched up well against Villa, and that's why they probably pulled out the win here.
0: Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect this to be as back and forth as it actually was. I thought it would be, like, a low-scoring game. I never thought that there would be five in this.
1: We both thought it'd be a 1-0, 2-1, or 2 nothing type of thing.
0: Yeah, uh, it's rare that you see Burnley score three goals. Like,
1: I think it was the first time this season they did, because before this match, they only scored 10 goals in the league.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually unprecedented. They scored a third of their total goals just in this match, essentially.
1: This was only the second time this season they scored more than one goal in a match in the league. Christ
0: almighty. That is an actually unreal stat. That's unbelievable.
1: Oh, so- sorry, that's the third. They got 2-1 over Wolves.
0: Okay. Um Still. Yeah, still this Villa team is not a, they're not a bad side. This is this is a great result for Burnley. Burnley cementing themselves in the the middle of the table like we said before. Uh I think that that Villa are going to be really disappointed with this. Uh, they do have a probing attack. I thought uh, when I made my pick, obviously, that they could be the team to to outdo Burnley because they are not right. only a probing attack, but they're gritty and they are nonstop. And I was wrong. Burnley's defense hold held strong enough, I guess.
1: Yeah, they just hunkered down at the end and it held up. And I mean, Aston Villa in their last four uh, one win, three losses. Very really dropping off of form. Uh, they're starting to fall behind. They're eight points behind fourth of Liverpool, mm-hmm. and i only four behind sixth in Tottenham. But still, um, they have some big games coming up to bounce back. They they play Southampton this weekend, so it's it's a big match for both teams.
0: Yeah. Uh. Okay. We have three more to go over, and then we're going to run through our predictions for you because we are long this episode. Uh, Manchester United, one. Sheffield United, two.
1: I mean, it's probably up there for upset of the season, wouldn't you say?
0: I I don't think anything else is going to come close. Sheffield United are the last-place team, and United were the second-place team? First-place team
1: at this point. At the time, they were second, because City were already second. played.
0: That's unbelievable. They actually lost to the last place team. This at is at home. This is going to fucking hammer their point total for the season, because City won, Liverpool won. No, Liverpool lost, didn't they?
1: Liverpool won.
0: Oh, yeah, they played today.
1: 3-1.
0: Liverpool won. So your two teams that are primary competition for you, went up, and you didn't get any points. You're going down. All of the other teams, all of the other big six teams, like classic big six, Arsenal got three points, Chelsea got a point, Tottenham obviously lose, you know, lose points, but...
1: You still have Leicester there, too. They got a point. Leicester got a point, too, and Everton got a point.
0: So, like, all all of your competitive teams, or teams that you would expect to play a really competitive game against... Gained. All pretty much gained besides uh, Tottenham. Tottenham. Oh, no. I mean, that's just bad. That is just horrible. You cannot lose to Sheffield. I understand if you lose to Brighton. I understand if you lose to Burnley. We just watched Liverpool lose to Burnley. Burnley deserve those points. You cannot lose to Sheffield. Sheffield can't defend. They can't attack. They can't even pass the ball. I can't believe that they fucking lost. I cannot. And I said it last week, and this will be my crowning achievement for probably ever. It's a shame that I didn't bet on it because I would be a millionaire.
1: Yep, yeah, easily. They're, they were easily bare minimum plus 800. I said
0: I feel something deep inside, and it was deep. It was so deep that it didn't come until the 74th minute. But I knew there was some fuckery about, dude. I knew something would happen, and it did.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say their main issue was their defense. um He rotated Twanzebe in oh. there. I don't know why. I don't know what was wrong with Bayi. Oh, he got and some hate, if, buddy. He got some even hate. If, yeah, and even if Bayi wasn't fit, you would think they go with Lindelof, but they went with the young guy. And also, they had Alex Telles out there at left back. They were rotating Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw's been doing well out there. Yeah, I guess he needed some rest. And I guess Ali thought they had this in the bag. Uh, but it didn't work out, and then also Mason Greenwood. He had a few chances that he couldn't put away. So they had to sl- they had to sub Cavani in there too late. Uh, a lot of it was, I would say, tactically they didn't come out right. Um, Sheffield no. came out in. I don't think Sheffield's came out in any different. it's been the same guys every <laughs> they, time.
0: They have nothing to lose. That's why, like they they have already hit the bottom.
1: I think the only change they had was um, Phil Jagielka started the 38 yeah. year old at center back, Old and he did, he did good this game. Yeah. Um, same with Ramsdale, He held up well. But yeah, I would say the defense was their main issue. When it came to the attack, uh, Sheffield just dominated. And also, Ethan Ampadu, another guy alone from Chelsea, had a great game. He had some break-in runs going forward and opened up things for Mick Oldridge and Billy Sharp up top. So, yeah. And also, the main thing you would say is Bruno. Bruno kind of went invisible. His chances didn't come out to anything. And then Paul Paul as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that those guys get a, a pass. You can't always—we we can't always right. let it go on them. You would um, think
1: Rashford to Martial would step up.
0: Yeah, Martial was just lumbering around the pitch like a fat bastard. Like, he fucking sucks, dude. He is ass. I I, I change my tune on that all the time because every once in a while, you'll get, like, an Anthony Martial, like, fucking wonder roll. But, yes. dude, I think he is ass. He doesn't fit into that United team. He needs to be somewhere else because yeah. he doesn't get enough like routine playing time where he can get himself cemented. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like Depay, right? Like I think Depay would be would be unreal if they would have kept him. I never saw right. Martial getting that good.
1: Yeah. Martial well, Martial's only got 2 on the season now. Yeah,
0: that's fucking tragic. Cuz he does have caliber. Like he does have he does have quality. I just don't think that he fits into this United team. There's, there's, there's not enough evidence to prove to me that he does. Um, but as as the United defenseman, you cannot concede to Keen, Bryan, and Oliver Burke. You just can't. You can't let them in. As as fucking De Gea, and. United don't get any points from this one. That that'll be the, the nail in their coffin when they're looking to maybe capitalize on City slipping up later this season. If they do, or or Liverpool slipping up, or whoever seems to, or whoever gets to the top of the table, this is going to be the game that haunts them. I I already know it.
1: Yeah, and I don't see Man City slipping up really. No, uh,
0: we said that. Yeah,
1: the, the the next three matches, I would say that third match is very tasty they they play Sheffield this Saturday then they play Burnley and then it's a rematch against Liverpool yeah
0: and, and then
1: they follow it up with Tottenham and Arsenal so that that's going to be a big window for city
0: yeah well those will be good Arsenal's got some good fixtures coming up it'll be really interesting to kind of watch them test themselves
1: this is the time for Arsenal to push into the top four they'll get if they can win some of those games, that's huge. Those are six point matches. You get three. They don't get three. That's massive.
0: Yeah. And that is, you're right. The game against United and the game against city are really the ones that like will push us into like fifth, sixth place. And I'm really hoping that we can, because I just don't, I don't want to watch my team finish in 10th place. I just don't want to see it. It's a
1: litmus test. It's like, are you, are you for real? Right. And wins over the cupcakes like you should, but can you beat the big dogs?
0: Yeah. Okay, Uh, not much to say about Everton. Leicester ended 1-1, a Yuri Tielemans goal in the 67th, salvaged the points for Leicester. Uh, I took Leicester straight up here, and I actually advised some people to take Leicester straight up. I'm sorry uh, if you've listened to me, but I I didn't really think Everton would be the team to to strike first. I was kind of surprised. James looks like, Hamas of old, he is producing again for sure, and uh, I just thought that Leicester would be would be on top. They, they did dominate possession, but ultimately was only really enough to get themselves one point.
1: Yeah, Hamas We've said this before. He just adds some flavor to an so old much. Everton team. Yeah, he's so dynamic. Uh, we did talk about uh, Vardy being out the next couple weeks with hernia coming back from hernia surgery. And who would start up top? Uh, I thought Ianacho. Evan thought Perez. Perez got the nod. Uh, didn't do anything. So they really had to rely on their midfield, like we said. Uh, Tilimans did provide, but the other guys didn't didn't perform any. Didn't give up the. Didn't get anything going.
0: Yeah, Madison was kind of flat in this game. I thought maybe he would slide in and and take on more of that like. Um... Like make some of those runs up top, those diagonal runs, and get in and and be a scorer. But he didn't seem to be interested in in having any sort of expanded role. He kind of just played like he normally does, minus a little bit, I would say. So um we'll see. We'll see if maybe Perez gets used to playing like a, a true striker, striker role again. He's he's played the shadow and also kind of out on the the right wing a little bit. So we'll have to see if if he. Um, Shapes up or has to, you know, give his spot up to Ianacho. Maybe he'll get the nod next week. Who knows? Mm. Uh, Okay. Moving on. Last game of the week. This game just happened a couple hours ago. 3 o'clock is when it kicked off. Liverpool 3, Tottenham 1. I did take Liverpool. This is like uh, the second half of the fixtures. This is like the only one that I got right.
1: Yeah. When you look at the stats we talked about in the preview last week, where uh, Liverpool outpossessed Tottenham seventy-five to twenty-five and outpassed them by at least six hundred passes, where it it was dead even here, it's fifty-one forty-nine Liverpool and pretty much the same amount of passes. Uh, both came out high lines and came head headstrong, thinking they were the big dogs, and it turned out to be a really exciting match. Maybe not so much in the first half, but the first five minutes of the second half, it was
0: oh, it was uh, good. The
1: flip of the coin. You had three goals, uh, one and one disallowed in each half. So it could have been four two. Yeah. Um, very exciting to see. This is the Liverpool side you thought we'd be seeing the whole season. Um, whether this will continue on or if they go back to normal, how they play against the little teams. Evan did make the point uh, last week saying they can't. Do the same thing against the little teams, whereas Tottenham can. I think that's true, um, but I don't. We'll see if it holds up. I mean, Liverpool the next couple of weeks do have big teams coming up with West Ham City and Leicester, yeah, and then the Merseyside Derby next month. So very. This is a big, big moment for them, and good momentum for them to carry on into the next couple games.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see uh Mane get on the score sheet as well as TAA. You haven't been seeing TAA really assisting or scoring yeah. any goals. Those guys have been I would say borderline fraudulent this year, him and Robertson both. You Firmino's used...
1: been scoring more than them.
0: Right. And and Firmino has had that reduced uh setback, you know, playmaker sort of role. And he's had to step in and score some of the goals because the other guys just aren't doing it. Uh, doing it, you know, the flanks. The flanks aren't the way that Liverpool are producing goals. It's it's been central. So um, nice to see to see Mane get back on the score sheet. I think he he needs a little bit of a confidence boost, and I think definitely TAA uh, needed a confidence boost. So it's, it was nice to see that. I was happy to uh, happy um, to, happy to watch them play like that.
1: What did you think of the the Jordan Henderson start center back over over uh, Fabinho?
0: Um I don't know if it's I, I don't know if the Fabinho thing is uh a fitness issue or if it was yeah. just just Klopp picking because Fabinho has struggled with um with Cause He with wasn't fitness. even on
1: the team sheet today to be a sub. Yeah,
0: so so it must be fitness, right? I mean, like they they need everyone they can get back there.
1: Yeah, Tip was subbed the half for yeah. uh, Phillips, and Phillips came right in and got a straight yellow so, so, immediately. So, so I
0: think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that that's a matter of fitness. Honestly, I think one of my Liverpool buddies actually said in the chat, Fabinho injured again, and he had like the water gun emoji to a head. So, yeah. um, it's kind of a, it is a shame. I I I hate seeing um, like a, especially a titan like like Liverpool. I mean, it's nice to see Liverpool failing. But yeah. it it does suck to watch any, you know, strong team miss out on on the results that they could be getting because of injuries. Liverpool have been plagued with injuries. It it is actually yeah. tragic. Like it's a shame. You like,
1: you like to beat teams at their full strength. So yeah, of course. Cases.
0: I mean, you're starting like 40-year-old Jordan Henderson at fucking center back. Come on,
1: dude. He's been putting a shift back there. No, he before.
0: has. He's he's a hard worker. He's a, he's a
1: a grinder, he's, dude. He's the captain for a reason. Yeah,
0: he is a classic English midfielder. Like, not not overly skilled. Just he will give you everything he has in the tank every time he starts. So that yeah. that's what you want in a captain, and I I, I can respect it, even if he's oh, not uh, the best the best center back. I I respect it.
1: On the flip side, you had Harry Kane. Uh, Mourinho in the post match interview said he injured both of his ankles and mm-hmm. is probably going to be out for at least one to two weeks. Yeah, how do you, how do you see that? Um, going into Tottenham's plans in their next couple matches. I know they play Brighton, and they follow it up with a match against Chelsea. How do you see them coming out in those games?
0: Well, I think that actually really affects them. Um Watching today's game, uh, I, I, I talked to a couple of people, and we seem to all agree, if you take Son and Kane away from this team, they're mid-table. I mean, they, they just lack. They lack all Underpower. over the pitch. They lack power. And when you're playing three at the back, you better have two guys up top that can give you a ton of goals. Because these guys that they're playing at the back, Davies, Dyer, and fucking... They, they had Rodon back there today, but like... um, Like, Dory and Aurier are not like world-class defenders.
1: And you saw Aurier give up plenty of opportunities It led to the uh, he's, first goal. He's Aurier hard, let his man slip, and he stepped in front of Dyer, and they tap it in, so... Yeah. I mean, Oriers had his problems this year. You've clearly seen that he's an issue they need to improve on. And then with the cane injury, their next best guy at striker is that Carlos Vinicius. The he, he's player. all
0: right though. He's actually okay. I don't know how well he'll be in a premier league setting, I mean, but he's been we'll good at like Europa he, and stuff.
1: He, he can bang a hat trick against an eighth tier Marine, but can he right. do it against Brighton or Chelsea? We'll have to wait and see. Right. Or maybe they play Lucas up there or slide or son slide into a central role. Oh,
0: please give me son as a striker. Please give me striker, son. It's my well, favorite that, thing
1: to watch. I would think that's what Mourinho would do. He'll slip the him in there, and then he'll play Lucas, Lucas out there, or maybe left. he'll play Bale in there, which I doubt.
0: Yeah, what a shame. They got Bale in, and he's just sitting there rotting on the bench. Yeah. Should have got, got mean, him at Arsenal. We could play him.
1: I mean, apparently on a, Mourinho is calling a hot mic at training, to, talking to Bale, saying, would you rather go back to Madrid and rot on the bench or stay here and play?
0: Yeah, well he's not playing though.
1: No. <laughs> he plays more here than he does has the than he has at Madrid recently. I know it's not much, but I yeah. mean this is a, this is a big opening for Bale if he wants to get get more playing time, like with Kane gone. He can slide Sun in there, or maybe Bale plays up top.
0: Wait, Bale's not that old.
1: Like that's oh, no, no. that's what sucks. Like it, it's it, like thirty one, thirty two. He's still got some juice. He's
0: definitely still got some juice left. I feel like he should be on like a team that will give him the start every week. It really sucks. Southampton, yeah, exactly. He would be great at Southampton. He'd be amazing there.
1: That's where he started.
0: Yeah, of course. It's it's a shame. Back. It's it's really a shame. Um, we'll see. Maybe he maybe he will start to get some looks. Maybe this is the thing that they need to happen for him to get some looks. I hope Kane's not out for too long. I I do enjoy watching him play. Um, but I think that that closes us out. For the recap, holy fuck, we did an hour and ten minutes just recap. It was a busy week. Um,
1: a intro rant.
0: Yeah, it was like ten minutes. All right, relax. Yeah. <laughs> um, <I> felt- <laughs> okay. Uh, the first match of the week, Saturday, January thirtieth. We're back to the weekend games. Well, yeah. actually, no. Just for one week, we're back to the weekend games, and then we go back to like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we're back to Saturday, Sunday. And then it's... I it's I hate the, the prem schedule this year, dude. I fucking hate it.
1: It's all over the place. But there are some good matches this weekend.
0: Yeah, there are. Uh, Everton take on Newcastle. I will be taking Everton in that game.
1: Yeah, Newcastle haven't won a match in their last 10 straight prem games that have not gotten a win. Um, I've said this over and over. They are the worst team currently in the league. Uh, they've given up more goals now than Sheffield um 34 to Sheffield's 33 um i mean with this loss and potentially with Fulham and Brighton and all those teams West Brom even they're gaining points on occasion Newcastle probably will be in the relegation battle this year
0: yeah
1: uh Steve Bruce will probably lose his job by the end of February I will guarantee you that he's gone by the end of February if you want to do the sack race but um <laughs> yeah I, easy pick Everton here James looks good. DCL, this is a big game for DCL here. Um, if if uh, Newcastle come in their five back, a lot of balls are going to get whipped into DCL, and he can out-jump those guys easily in the back. So I think this is... Because he hasn't scored in a while, hasn't he?
0: Well, yeah, he's had some injury stuff, so that's, yeah, that's so been
1: part a, of it. This is a great game for him to get back into fitness, and I know James is going to show up, so I think Everton here, easy.
0: Yep. Uh next game Crystal Palace Wolves I'm going to be bold here. I think Wolves actually bounce back this week. I didn't mm. like them against Chelsea because I thought Chelsea would be sharp. I right. do like them against Crystal Palace. Um I don't necessarily think the strike force partnership of Christian Benteke and Wilfred Zaha is is going to do anything uh any anything crazy here. I just think that that Wolves could get themselves out here out in front early and and um just make sure that, that Palace don't score, and that should be enough for them. You don't you don't need anything crazy to beat Palace. You really don't.
1: No. I would go on the same lines. that You don't need anything crazy against Wolves right now. I think it's that's not, fair, too. <laughs> it's not the same Wolves have passed. Um, Palace are sitting 14th on 23 points. Wolves sitting 13th on 23 points. They're only separated on goal differential. Uh, winner of this match hops the other. I think I'm gonna go back on the Palace train. I know it didn't work last week against West Ham, but I think built matchup to matchup, formation to formation. I think Palace in a four four two matches well against a three back Wolves. I think Eze on the wing and a partnership of Zaha and Benteke at times, big man, little man can work well against Wolves. Um I can see Palace here in a two one win. I I would bet over two and a half here.
0: Alright, I think that's fair. Um. Okay. Next game: City versus Sheffield. This is the easy one. <laughs> it's, it's easy. All right. Sheffield's not you doing it again. Away.
1: You don't have a feeling. No. No. No.
0: Not this week. They're not doing it again. They're not doing it versus versus City. City are much better the side defensively, I think, than United are. So that's my reasoning for for taking City here. There's no way they knock off the both of the Manchester teams in two weeks. No right. fucking way.
1: That would be an absolute scene if that happened. But um. I don't know. I I don't... I want to say City, obviously. But the way Sheffield's been coming out of games, their recent form, uh, Wilder's figured something out where the guys have found a system that works for them. Um, I'm looking at the matchup head-to-head now. They played nine times. Sheffield has never won this match. And in those nine games, Sheffield has only scored once. Um, So... I think it's a low-scoring game. I think it's a, a one to 2 nothing City win. I don't think it's like a bust-out week like last week against West yeah. Brom. Like, I mean, obviously, I would say the, the, the over-under for goals would be a minimum 3.5 here. They're probably tanking, uh, or they're betting on City to score at least 4, but I think it's a low-scoring game here to City's favor.
0: Okay. West Brom-Fulham is one of the shitty fixtures of the week. I'm actually going to take Fulham. I've been on You're Fulham. Going again. I'm going to stay on Fulham. I think that they can get a good result. Like I, I believe in Fulham to get a good result. I don't know if it's going to be this week or if I'm going to have to bet on them next week or three more mm-hmm. weeks or four more weeks, but I'm going to keep doing it until they give me three points because I think they're capable of doing it. I think they have enough talent, and I think that that um, Scott Parker is a good enough manager to, to get his guys out there and, and performing. So I have no choice but to take Fulham again. I have a metaphorical gun to my head.
1: This is huge. I would say this is the biggest game for both of these teams' seasons so far. Um, Fulham sits 18th on 13, West Brom 19th on 11. Uh, This is massive in the relegation battle. Whoever, or I shouldn't say whoever, if West Brom loses this game, uh, there's a six-point gap now from West Brom jumping the next spot, and Fulham goes to... Only two outside of the relegation zone. I, I would lean towards Fulham here. Uh, History-wise, Fulham's won this matchup eight times to West Brom's three. The other six being draws, and Fulham outscores West Brom 27 to 10. Um, it is at West Brom, and West Brom is a. I, from what I've seen, West Brom is a confidence-based team. If Fulham can get a goal in the first 15 minutes, it's their game. West Brom falls in their shell where they they know they give up a lot of goals. They already have given up 48 goals in 20 matches, which is absolutely obscene. Um, but in the scoring department, both teams have scored 15 goals. So there's not a lot of goals in this game. Um, West Brom did beat Wolves 3-2, which was a rare occurrence of a lot of goals for them. But I don't see that in this game. Like you said, Scott Parker, I think, is a better manager than Big Sam Yeah. when it comes to his organization. I know Big Sam has a lot of experience of getting teams out of the hole, but I don't think this team has the juice to get out of it. And I think this is a big statement win for Fulham to say, hey, we're still in this and we're still fighting out of this thing. So I'm going to back Fulham with you.
0: Okay. Arsenal versus Manchester United. Now this is where, this is where men and gods are separated and as a god, I'm going to bet with my team this week, Arsenal win. This game will not end in a draw, I assure you. It was a 1-0 win to Arsenal last time. That was like a a, complete dog shit game. A a bombing penalty. Decided by a penalty, won me a lot of money. I'm taking Arsenal again. They they haven't lost to United this week. United, uh, I will say United play better away from home. Like they yeah. play much better away than they do at Old Trafford, so yeah. that could be an issue. But I'm gonna go with Arsenal. Arsenal are gonna be playing their best guys. We will see if Aubameyang plays. He did have to travel home because his mother was sick or something like that. He I missed. I don't think he's gonna play. You don't think he'll play? Yeah. No. So so even if he doesn't play, that's okay. I don't have a problem with it. I'm curious to see if Odegaard gets uh gets some play time here. I don't think he'll start, but but we'll have to see. Maybe that would some be time. like
1: throwing him in the deep end of the pool if he plays in this game.
0: Yeah. He he might get some time. We'll have to see what the score is, but they, they could definitely throw him in. I mean, he's he's not like he's not like a fucking toddler. Like no, he's played in Spain. He knows. He knows. I'm just saying,
1: gone. it's a system that he hasn't played in before. Oh yeah, yeah. Would. It's a whole lot to process within a short week to of being with a new club and new teammates and all that. But it'll be interesting. I think it all depends on the Man U lineup. For me, I think Arsenal are going to go with the same exact lineup they went up against Southampton. It worked so well for them and everybody played well. I don't see them changing anything. Maybe um Cedric comes out for tyranny. Yeah, that I'm hoping. Be, I'm hoping he does. That would that would be my only change to that team because it did so well. But um I think it all falls in that United back end. I think it I think Tronzebe definitely comes out. I think they put Baye back in there and then I think they go back with Shaw and if it's that, I think it's all those scoring game. Um and I don't like Matic in there. I think they have to put McTominay or Fred in there maybe Fred more because he breaks up the play more and he stays back Um, whereas McTominay can venture forward a little bit more and either way Pogba has more liberty to push forward which he enjoys more he enjoys getting in front of the box and, and creating chances for himself and others rather than doing the defensive duties which a lot of players would rather not do but I mean my gut instinct is united here but with the form Arsenal's in and with all the young players they have, I also want to lean towards them. I don't know. I, I'm going to go with a draw here. I think it okay. does end in a draw. Okay. Similar to how that Liverpool game was, I just don't know a winner here, really. Because yeah. if I'm Ollie, I'm going with my strong set. I think that's why he rested those guys against Sheffield. It was for this match in in particular. And because it's such a huge match that... Everybody wants to watch and wants to win it. There's so many bragging rights on it, and I think manu wants to get the revenge for that, but i don't I don't see a winner here.
0: I think you're giving Ollie too much credit. I think he's a complete moron i, I just th- <laughs> I just think he decide, he like he like has like blocks and he just like they wake up in the morning and they're like, Ollie, put the blocks out <laughs> like who's your starting eleven I think that's what he does I think he's a fucking idiot man. I mean, that's um,
1: in my mind. I would do. I would go back yeah, no, to what we're of
0: course, of course, and and I agree. Um, I just think that Arsenal are are riding high, and I think that they have some fire right now. Yeah. I think I think behind Saka, they are United, and I think that they win this game. I think it'll be like two one, two nil. It's gonna. Not, it's not going to be anything crazy for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, if I was forced to pick a winner, I would. I I'd have to take United.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, moving on, Southampton, Aston Villa. Good game. I'm taking Southampton to bounce back after a defeat to Arsenal. Villa obviously also coming off a defeat to Burnley. Both teams need a win. Both team needs to, uh, both teams need to cement their position, uh, in the table. I just think Southampton want it more, and I think that they have a more organized style and they're better defensively. I I, I know that that Villa probe forward quite a bit. But I just think that Southampton are stronger at the back this week and I think that ultimately um they win.
1: Uh Aston Villa completed the signing of Morgan Sanson, fourteen million pounds to from Marseille. Uh we we've talked about off the show how the French league is collapsing and is gonna go bankrupt up again. Just Apparently the they've lost league. They've lost they're projected to lose around a billion pounds or Euros I should say, uh, after this season. But he's a great signing for them to bring in. I know they loaned out the Hulahan or whatever to Swansea. So he's a great creative guy in the middle of box, a box that they can use. He'll probably take time away from John McGinn. But, um, I, the way Ollie Watkins is in form right now, and I like how their wingbacks play, uh, Southampton's kind of been shaky and their midfield's kind of off. I know Ward Prowse from a set piece is probably very, very dangerous. And, uh, other guy i don't know where romeo's been he's been like their conte or their Parte, kind of that holding rock in front so i think i'm gonna have to go with aston villa here i'm gonna i'm gonna go against you again here just for competition's sake but i i truly do think aston villa wins this game they they need it they really need it because three losses in their last four is terrible for how they started the season and they have games in hand to play with. They have two more games to play than Arsenal and Chelsea, and they're only one point behind them. So that could be crucial for uh, prize money come the end of the year, and that can really change a summer transfer window.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Okay, moving on. Chelsea, Burnley. I'm taking Burnley. I, (laughs) I, I I took Chelsea last week. Yeah. And then I mistakenly said that I took Burnley against Villa. Obviously, I didn't. I lied, because uh, my mind is just fried. But I am actually taking Burnley this week. You have heard it. God is my witness. Burnley are beating Chelsea this week. It is the score is one nil.
1: I have to look at the sp- or at the um odds right now. Oh, for I'm sure, sure. I'm sure Chelsea are, are like far
0: and away the favorite.
1: Uh, my thing would fucking load, but I did say on the show last week I would not pick Chelsea to win until proven otherwise. Um think
0: last week proved it.
1: No. Okay. I'm still uh Burnley outright is plus eight fifty, Chelsea's minus two ninety.
0: Plus eight fifty. Uh, that is juicy.
1: Yeah. Well the Sheffield is Sheffield against Man City's plus twenty two hundred. Yeah, it but, should be. <laughs> yeah. But I mean back to this game. I mean I, I I'm gonna go with the draw. I, there's not the attack is so fucking shit. It's so annoying. The Burnley attack? No, no, I'm talking about Chelsea. The Chelsea Chelsea attack? Yeah, they
0: are fucking shit.
1: If you take out the FA Cup games where they scored three and four goals, we have in the last five games, zero, zero, one, one, one. And going even further back, even further back, one, zero, one, zero, one. The last time we scored more than two goals in a game outside the. Or just in the prem was against Leeds. You on have December two
0: of 5th. you have two of last year's best young attacking players in the entire world, and they speak the same language. And both of them are frauds.
1: It's I don't. There's no way that Tuchel in the when when did Chelsea play Tuesday? Right? Yeah. Or was it? It was Wednesday. Whatever. It was the Wednesday. Yeah, he has yeah. he had today and tomorrow and a walkthrough on Saturday to create a system that works with those players to be surprisingly, I'm saying this a streaking Burnley. Yeah, uh, the only thing going for them is it's home, they didn't concede against Wolves in the system that Tuchel try. I don't know if he's going to come out in that if he comes out in that again. I don't yeah, see them it's, scoring. It's not
0: I agree. It's it's not promising if they come out in that. And by the for the record, I'm not blaming I'm not blaming him. I don't think this is on him. It's, you it's have to so give him stewed. some time. Yeah, you have to give him time. I don't think it's his fault whatsoever. He's a great manager. He'll he'll succeed at Chelsea.
1: He'll he needs at least four to five games for yeah. me to make a judgment on him on how he does. Four so. to five
0: Premier League games, not even just yeah.
1: games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But um I mean going up against Burnley is a very good test. It's gonna be similar to how the Wolves was. Um, we're going to control possession. Obviously Burnley's going to sit back. It just comes down to finishing your dinner, bro. Um, I think he's going to go with Drew again up top. I have a funny feeling. I don't, I don't see him giving it to Tammy. I'd like to think he's going to give him out the nod, but he might back his boys with the German guys and go with them up top. Yeah. I, I, I truly have no idea what he's going to do, but, um,
0: you guys have a lot of options. That's a good thing. An abundance of that's options. Also a bad thing. I don't it, yeah. know. Yeah,
1: you're right. I literally don't know, but um, yeah, I'm gonna say a draw.
0: I'm taking Burnley. Matt's taking draw. We gotta run through these next ones. Okay. Uh, Leicester versus Leeds. I'm taking Leicester against Leeds. I don't think uh, Le- Leeds didn't, over- weren't overly impressive last week for me. They did, they did do it when I needed them to. But I'm taking Leicester. They're gonna bounce back after getting a disappointing one point versus an Everton side that I think they are stronger than. Uh, Leicester when? How about you?
1: Leeds are due for a shocker, and I think this is the week. Okay. I think Leicester do drop the bag. Uh, Leeds is at plus 310, um, giving them respect for how, how often they score. They score a lot of goals. We've said that over and over and again. Um, I think Leicester do drop points here big time. Um, Leeds, I think Bamford's due for a goal. He hasn't scored in a little while now. We We talked about how he's had 10 goals in the league so far. Yeah. Uh, this this is a game. I think there's gonna be a lot of goals. Uh, I think at least four in this game. It's gonna be one of those open games where nobody gives a shit. Um, I think Leeds do pull it out though.
0: Okay. Uh, West Ham, Liverpool. I'm going straight up here. I'm taking Liverpool. I think they continue their their uh, performance from last week, and I think that they start pretty similar players. Maybe Fabinho will will uh, have recovered from that little knock or whatever he had and be yep. starting there at center back. I think that gives them a much better chance against a West Ham team that are scoring. Uh, we will see. I think that West Ham could give actually give them a, mo- a run for their money, and I think maybe Liverpool money line's a bold bet. Uh, if the odds are heavily in favor of Liverpool, I'd stay away from it. I would take West Ham or a draw. But if I had a gun to my head, I'm taking Liverpool here.
1: Yeah, I think after today's match, it's a very good sign if you're thinking about picking Liverpool to win this game. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, On the other side, like you said, West Ham has looked strong. They they have not lost uh, in the new year so far. So I think this is the match they do lose. I'm going to go with Liverpool.
0: Okay. Uh, Last game before we close out the show. Brighton, Tottenham. I'm taking Tottenham. Brighton haven't shown me anything that would make me pick them as an upset team. Burnley, I want to pick as an upset team. Southampton, I want to pick as an upset team. Fulham, I want to pick as an upset team. There is nothing... When I watch Brighton, that shows me they have a spark. Besides Solly March at the beginning of the season, he was the guy that made me want to pick uh, Brighton earlier on. I'm just not a believer. I just don't think they're anything crazy. Lewis Dunk is probably their best player, which is not saying much. Uh, I'm taking Tottenham, uh, even with the the switched-up uh, striker situation.
1: Yeah, the last time these two plays was back in November first. Tottenham won two to one. Surprisingly, there was a Gareth Bolt goal. Gareth goal. Gareth Bale winner. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting without Kane to see how they come out. We we did say uh, in the recap maybe they slide Sun in there. Do they play that Vinicius guy? Potentially, maybe you see Bale in there. I doubt that, but um, yeah, I think this is a game that Tottenham win easy. Uh, Marina really need Re- Marina is really going to be bitching at his guys and working them very hard this week in training to bounce back after an embarrassing loss to Liverpool. I would say. Yep. Um, yeah, I think this this uh, is a big win for them over Brighton, and this really puts Brighton in a tough spot because we're both t- pick we're both taking Fulham to beat West Brom, and this is going to make the relegation battle very interesting.
0: Yeah. So Matt and I are both on Tottenham this week. That concludes our Premier League picks. This is the longest episode we've done in quite some time. I'd say it was quite the comprehensive overview.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different things. We went to touch on some good points, uh talk giving you updates on how teams are doing, yeah. what players to watch out for, injury updates, transfer news. You got a whole whole little compact thing right into one little bundle.
0: Yeah. So this is this is full of insight for sure. Um I I would try and bet, try and like maybe craft some some bets around these. I think we have a couple good picks this week. I think there's a couple value picks. I'm I'm gonna take a look at uh I'm gonna take a look at some of the bets. I have something in right now. I bet on fucking Wayne Ellington over on points, and I think it already hit. So, <laughs> bravo for me. I haven't been doing so great.
1: No, yeah, I've I'm taking a step back, bro. I, I'll mm. probably talk about it on Monday, but I'll have to um, listen. Uh, Yeah, it's very depressing, but I've looked at a little teaser for Monday. I'm starting to look into the stock market now. I know now is probably not the best time to look into it, Um, but it'll be an insight of a beginner's uh, view of how the stock market is and what we're doing. It'll be like a little journey each week to see what we're doing.
0: I've already been riding this wave um, for a couple weeks now.
1: Yeah.
0: I've been involved with the Wall Street bet situation, unfortunately. They closed out, uh, closed out purchases oh, yeah. on on some of the stocks that I was riding.
1: They were robbing everybody.
0: Made some money and got out, and now I'm looking into some crypto, dipping my feet back into crypto. So, yeah, we shall see. Maybe I'll come on, maybe I'll come on one of the uh, morning shows, and we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting.
0: All right, okay, guys, that's it. Thank you all for listening in. Um, my girlfriend's over in the corner here. She, she's been listening to the show, so I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna close out here, let her get out. She has to go pick up her sister at the airport. So thank you all for listening as always. Make sure you check us out on social media, um, SoundCloud, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else we have stuff, Instagram. Um, that's it. Really? Uh, Thanks as always for watching. Stay safe and we'll see you all next week.